2016 SEN, The Odds Couple, with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Morning sports fans all around the country, the state, the city, wherever you're listening to us. Uh, great to have your company uh, this Saturday morning, The Odds Couple, thanks to Sportsbet, great uh, supporters of The Odds Couple here at SEN 1116. Big day out at Caulfield. Up in Queensland, we've got the Group 1 Oaks, uh, South Australia. We'll be talking to Leon McDonald a little later on in the show. Also, Daniel Bowman, um, be good to your mother. What a great name for a horse. Uh, should have won on Mother's Day a few weeks ago, but uh, be good to your mother, trained by Daniel Bowman. Daniel will be joining us after 8.30. But off the top of the show, SD Marshall still playing uh, some of those legendary name golf courses over in Thailand. Uh, or Vietnam, I should say. I think they're going to cross to Thailand now because there's some world-renowned courses there as well. Uh, Jules Valance from uh, Sportsbet joins us uh, sitting in that hot seat this morning. Morning to you, Jules. Yeah, g'day, Scoob. Yeah, and look, haven't heard from him and don't particularly want to. We'll just see if he arrives back on Monday. Are they playing the US Masters there next year at one of those courses? <laughs> or not? Or not? I think they, oh. they were going to change it, weren't they, from Augusta <laughs> to one of those Vietnamese courses? Because they're, they're wonderful courses, just apparently wonderful courses. <laughs> There's, there's not a course over there, is there? <laughs> <laughs> dearie, dearie me. And uh, our third part of the trio, which were only meant to be a couple, but it was a trio, and he was more than happy, our third member of uh, the trio this week, and he was more than happy because, yeah, it's been a wet week in Melbourne. Once uh, there's a little bit of uh, persisipus in... Uh... <laughs> and there he is, Mr. Persisipus joins us on the show after a, a week in bed. He had a tough week, a really tough week. He had the flu last week. He was apparently coughing and spluttering. That didn't stop him uh, serving his sledges on his uh, WhatsApp to us as the show went on last week. Uh, David Taggart, good morning to you. Good morning, Scoop. Good to have you, Jules, and uh, great to see part of the A-team back, eh? Hey, oh. good, hey we've got Trent out of the, out of the, the seat and... Uh, you know, and uh, my best will go around today and it'll be a bit more than a dollar fifty two. Didn't you? So. You gave the boss a workout oh, when you first um, walked in this morning. Mate, but that, that's obviously been building up all week because you came in and just went. There was no sort of morning jewels, morning nah. scoob. It was just bang. Seriously, a dollar straight to the bucks. boss. If, yeah. if it was that easy, I would have been tipping winks yeah. instead of trying to find four and five dollar winners for the punters out there, yeah. which I regularly do. So. Uh, all right. Um, I'm not sure if there's any. Look, odds I know up. you're experienced and you've been around the racing game quite a while. And and do you think it's a good idea to come in and attack the boss first up? Not particularly. Like from a no. career move perspective, no. I, I try to do it on a couple of trainers. I never rode for them again. So yeah. yeah. So there's uh, yeah, it might be a wet winter for me coming up. Because yeah, Jules, his tirade towards the boss this morning did lead to. Another another discussion about where his mouth has often got him in trouble. And uh, um, he rode a horse that I was involved in a number of years ago uh, and we asked him to ride, you know, just at Mooney Valley and settle back and, you know, she'll hit the line pretty hard. Um, and David, you know, did that and jumped off and said, um, oh, this thing will win the Oaks. Uh She'd already run second in the VRC Oaks, beating a nose by Mike Wright. It was a big, it was a big call. So he'd obviously done his form really well. And he, uh, it was first up after it won the Oaks. So uh, ran second in the Oaks. Safe to assume you kept the ride, mate. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Never sat on us back again, and it proceeded to come out and win the, the Australasian Oaks. So it was good. Just, just trying to keep a little bit quiet. You know, did something yeah. for the owners at the end of the day. and. Off comes Spruker here, jumps off and says, oh, this will be winner of the Oaks, this thing. It goes in the jockey room, tells everyone. They tell all their friends and fathers and family and you know, acquaintances. So it's all across Victoria within 12 hours. It's all across Australia.
Australia within 48. The thing jumps in the Adelaide Oaks at about uh, $1.35 <laughs> and we get nothing. And D-Tag at Wonderboy got the arse. Oh, give us a spell. <laughs> I, I, haven't lost, I haven't lost my judgment, though. Oh, <laughs> dearie, dearie. But... We 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 do digress, but I do want to talk to you this morning. Um, once we get a couple oh, of other issues out of the road, that's a change oh. of pace. You want to talk to me for once? No, well, people the production to... mate, you don't want to have nothing to do with me. You, you <laughs> See, I'm the second boss, and there you go, me. So you've got Trench, the big boss. I'm the little boss, and you, you, you've taken on both. Uh, I want to talk to you about the best cook you've ever had when you got off a horse. Oh. Now, I know the the language I would envisage would be quite colourful. But we need you to just tone that down a bit. We we need to know the best cookers when you got got off a horse. So just have a think about. It. I'm giving you notice of four or five minutes for you to to think about the the best cooks. There's been too got. many. Our Twitter question this morning um, for our Twitter poll: Who will win today's Group One Queensland Ace? Did you have anything to do with this question? No, no. I'm feeling it's it's the lightest question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Trent, our producer, he's here all week working for the show. Yeah, and he and comes up with that. Come on, here we yeah. are. On our Twitter poll, who will win today's Group 1 Queensland Oaks? Go to at SEN Racing. Now, you can vote for either Princess Jenny, <laughs> Atana, uh, Oliferous, or others, others, please list. Someone else okay. is giving the boss a whack. We'll, we'll be unemployed. In this will be the smallest week. poll we've ever had <laughs> on the odds couple. Who will win today's Group 1 Queensland Oaks? Go to at SEN Racing and vote for either Princess Jenny, Atana, Oliferous, other, please list. That's an interesting question for a Saturday morning to get everyone out of bed, Jules, isn't it? Yeah, I think... To get them up and going? Yeah, they'll they'll be pumped about that one, Mm. won't they? It'll uh, create huge debate, I think. Yeah, over the rice bubbles there at the moment. (laughs) What do you think, (laughs) Dale? Oh, dear me. Um, what caught the eye during the week? Gentlemen, uh, anything you'd like to throw up into the mix? wasn't just this week. I thought this week's racing was only fair, but last week, I wanted to mention this last week, but I didn't get the chance. There was an import that Mike Maroney took to Ballarat on May 22, and it was called Buffalo River. It was $4.60 into $3.60. Ollie went out to ride it. It's an import, first run in Australia. And it went through the roof. It could be something that I would definitely be following. There's a horse called Harbour Views out there as well that everyone's raving about at the moment. It's one, two from two. But this horse, Buffalo River, I don't think a lot of people have found this one yet. When it goes to the races next, I'd be following it. It's a horse. Was that a a Synthome meeting? No, it was on the turf. It was on the turf. Those Synthome meetings at the moment, also I'd mentioned these last couple, they're throwing up some really weird results. And the Ballarat trainers, who are obviously getting to train their horses on that track, are... Airborne, they are going really well. Their stats are high, so I'd be for the next couple of weeks, and we're going to see a lot of these synthetic tracks. Have a look at the weather outside. Um, I'd be following Ballarat trainers because they seem to have an edge there at the moment. It took a little bit of time, if memory serves me correctly, for Geelong to settle down. You know, when they first built Geelong, you know, I think you know, those Packenham was the same. Yeah, those results were weird. You know, as if oh, it's truth. You know, we're we're not seeing a pattern here at all. Um, you know, it was throwing up winners from all over the place. Am I fair in saying that? 100%, yep. And so we've had four, I think, on the synthetic now, four meetings. And, um, yeah, I just can't get my head around at the moment. And the market can't either. They're finding horses $2.60 into $1.65. Well, they're getting beaten at the turn. Mm. So just keep your eye on that. But I think the Ballarat trainers do have an edge there at the moment. We'll see how it plays with, out. With the start of Packenham and Geelong synth, though, 
there used to be a bias there, and it settled down as you, what you're saying with Ballarat. Seemed to be it seems to be racing very fair, and you can win from wherever. So that's one good thing. And as you say, the Ballarat trainers have got that advantage, being being uh, train, training their horses. There. Yeah, and the horses are keen to run at Ballarat because it's so cold and Correct. Like warm. Got to warm up. Um, there wasn't synthetic around when you were riding no, poorly just, during your career. No, just came in. At, yeah, I missed it by about 12 months. Did you? Yes. So you you've never ridden on a synthetic no. trick other than in training? Other than in training. In Macau, we rode on the sand. Uh, when I was there for four years, there was sand racing. And, right. uh, yeah, that was horrendous, the kickback there. You're better off staying out three deep than uh, in the 1-1. But, uh, yeah, the synth, though, it's uh, – it, I've only heard good things about it because, as you say, if, um, usually a meeting uh, he's going to get called off, bang, straight to a synth meeting. Now we've got three tracks in Victoria, so they've, they've got it both uh, both sides of the city, so it's 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 only going to improve racing here, isn't it? What was the composition of the sand track in, in Macau? Taking into account, you know, we see Darwin racing, you know, middle of winter we're going to see the Darwin Cup. July, I think they run the, the Darwin Cup. Everyone heads up there to get warm. Well, that's dirt, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, dirt and they've got oil, oil yeah, through point. it. When you say straight sand, there was kick up. So yeah, they watered it down. So it's only watered down. There's not yes. oil running no, through it or anything like watered that. Down. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, put it this way, it is like uh, going down the beach and getting sand thrown at you. Yeah, it's horrendous. Sting your face. Yeah, and your gear gets all. Yeah, all right. it's like sandpaper. It's it's horrendous. But uh, yeah, you got to know how to ride them. And once you start riding these tracks, these synthetic tracks or sand tracks, uh, yeah, it's. It's a big advantage once you if if you have have uh, as I said once you get to to ride that track. Uh, what can I? It's hard, it's hard to explain, but with the experience that you get riding these, it's it puts you in good stead, mate. Because mm. it's uh, you get a lot of international jockeys coming over, and they just can't ride these joints. Well, mm. okay. Well, um, interesting. What caught my eye during the week, or what I thought was of interest, the Magic Millions, the Broodmare sale up in. On the Gold Coast, extraordinary money being paid for horses, mares, of course, to go to stud. And Miss Rock, who was – she was a good racehorse, wasn't she? She very – Overrated? Um, well, I think, you know, yeah, she, she – well, look, yeah, she won a group race and da-da-da, but – and she wonderful family. Her page is extraordinary. $2.3 million she went for. Global Glamour, I think, who probably we all uh, would hire in a – Hold in a higher regard. It's not as strong a family. One point five five million dollars. You look at the the buyers of these horses and the big international players that have come into the market. They're making it particularly hard for the working class studs, in my opinion. When you're seeing this sort of money getting thrown around. Yeah. Look, you'd know more about this scoop than me, but for me, reading these figures with the horses next to them. It just seems massive money. Mm. And as you spoke about uh, previously, you know, it's a ripple effect. It goes all the way down. Mm. Um, I don't know know where it all ends up. It'll be interesting just to keep an eye on the breeding game and the effect it has. For a few years there, we had, if you remember, Reduce Choice, and we're probably going about 10 years. I reckon he got to 330,000 a serve. No, he definitely did. Yeah, he did, 100%. But but, the market just couldn't cop it. You know, the... Um, the the powers to be at Arrowfield looked and said, look, you know, he, he, yes, he might be worth it. But he might be worth it in Europe and the United States, but this isn't a big enough market. Yeah. And I think, you know, what we're seeing with these service fees getting higher, it's just, it's it studs playing, they're intertwined. They're playing with each other, if you like. And that, that you know, those those small, not, I'm not going to say boutique studs, but, but privately owned, you know, um, um, hardworking, 
just battling studs that hang have hang, hung in there all their careers. I think they're getting shut out of the market, and I think that's sad. It's really sad because these big behemoths are just taking it over. It's a good point, and also it's. I think we're seeing more horses go to stud now that I don't think 10, 15 years ago were good enough to go to stud. Mm. We've got horses now that are not Group 1 winners and now finding a place at stud because they have yeah. to. these boutique, boutique studs have to try and find their yep. horses. Yep. And if you've got a page, you're, you're worthy of standing at stud. You, know, if you, you don't have to have backed that page up on the race course in some circumstances, uh, off you go to start. Yep. What do you think of that, David? Well, you, well, you have a look at it like Could I am. As you say, Paige. You had last week off. <laughs> Can you just stop there staring into the abyss and give us something? Yeah, like, as you say, look, look at a horse like I am, Invincible, when he first went to stud. You know, he was, what, a Group 3 winner. He didn't have the runs on the board. And then all his progeny, just they've just gone bang, and yeah, and that's and that's where they they up the ante on the, as you say, on the on the price. But uh, and then you get another horse like God's Own, who who is probably the one of the greatest Caulfield Guineas winner you'll ever see, and he can't go a yard. So mm. it's it's hit it's a lot of it's hit and miss, and with these mares, as you say, it's a pretty expensive incubator, isn't it? Yep. No. Well. Um... Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where all this lands from a, from a breeding perspective. Other news during the week, Acadia Queens coming over to be trained by Chris Waller. Mm. Uh, Everest and the Golden Eagle are, are her aims. She uh, won the Kingston Town, didn't she? Yeah, she's a beauty. Yep. She actually, on my figures, I had her as the best three-year-old, and that's above the autumn sun, and that was... But Mystic Journey probably got there at the end after what she did, but this Arcadia Queen, she is something special, I think. So it's going to be the the watch of the two mares then when when they come over for the Spring Mystic Journey and Arcadia Queen? Well, they're probably not going to meet, to be honest, because it sounds like uh, Arcadia Queen's going to go... The Everest worries me, 1,200 metres, Mm. but the Golden Eagle's definitely her race at 1,500. Well, Mystic Journey's looking at probably the Cox Plate. So unfortunately for racing, they might not meet, but it would be a sensational race if they did. So one stays in Sydney, the other one's down here in Melbourne. So, yeah, it would be great, though, if they meet. You think? Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> Your contribution this morning is outstanding <laughs> so far. Absolutely outstanding. Once once you stop just staring into the abyss, you've been brilliant. Abs- great to have you back. On 1116 SEN, The Odds Couple with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Welcome back to the Odds Couple. Jules Valance from Sportsbet with us. Uh, David Precipitous Taggart is also with us. It's great to have his company again this morning uh, back with us. After you were pretty crooked last oh, week. Oh, mate. Apparently, death warmed up. Apparently you, you coughed the night before and you thought you'd better have 48 hours <laughs> yep, off. Yep, yep. Uh, it was a bit more than the man flu. I was, Yeah, it was oh, death warmed up. So, yeah. Because our sat last day. year's producer, of course, when he got the flu, he ended up in hospital. Oh, you yeah, didn't go I, to hospital. No, I get... just wrote it out in bed, yeah. mate. I was tough. Yep. You yep. know, uh but, uh, yeah, once I sweated it out, the fever broke Friday night and uh, I was, yeah, right as rain after that. But... Oh, I see. But you could, so it broke on Friday night, but you couldn't come into work on Saturday morning? Well, you, I don't think you wanted me here Saturday morning. I'm telling you that now. Oh, you would have walked away with it and I okay. wouldn't have wished it upon me worst enemy. Quick check on our uh, Twitter poll, the compelling question of who will win today's Group 1 Australian... It's blowing up. ...Group 1 Queensland Oaks. Uh, you go to at SEN Racing and vote for either Princess Jenny, Etana... Aliferous or other, please list. And we have uh, Princess Jenny on 38%, Tana on 6 Aliferous on 31%, other, please list, which I can't see the list is 25%. But Trent's going to you know, chase that up. Uh, we think Farlap's on that list and a number of other 
applause of people who's taken this Twitter poll question very, very serious this morning. Very serious. Once we, we had it with the Hall of Fame. It blew up, and we've gone from that down to, to where we are now oh, yeah. about who's going to win the friggin' Oaks in Brisbane. Seriously. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good career move for both of us to have a crack yeah, at the Yeah, true. Okay, just Keep leave. it up, Trent. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Jules, did want to chat to you, particularly from from a betting perspective, to let our, our our listeners know. We often hear people in your position saying, uh, uh, "What we frame the market on here? How do you frame a market from a racing point of view?" Yeah, it's a it's a good question. There's so many variables, and look, we do the form very similar to a lot of people out there. Obviously, you get the we'll talk about a Saturday race. You get the form on Wednesday when the fields come out. We obviously our first thing to do is look at the field, we look at a speed map, very important for us, and then any gear changes, those kinds of things. But then we get down to each individual horse and we give each individual horse a rating, a number, a numerical figure that we think that horse can run to for that race. Then once we've done that for every one of those horses in the race, from that number, and we match them up against each individual horse. So the relevance of that number, is that out of 100? It's, is 100 the, the... It's not It's not out of 100. It's a number that's in our database that we give, but you could put it into that kind of... Uh, anyone could do it and put it into that kind of context, yep. put it in out of 100. And from there, from that number, we can then identify the probability of what we are giving that chance of winning the race. So the percentage chance... So, for example, we once we've given those horses the number, we can work out whether the horse we think has got a 40% chance, whether that horse has got a 5% chance a 10% chance and so on and so forth. Once we've worked out the probability percentage chance of that horse in that race, then we decide what price we have it at. Do, now, do barriers are uh, an important thing? Uh, absolutely. So all of those things are, are, are the variables that we look into to obviously come up with that probability chance or that, that numerical rating number. Um, as you say, barrier number, jockeys are highly important, uh, where they are in their prep, all those kinds of things. Some horses are fresh horses, some horses aren't. So all those things go into that original number um, that we decide to. And then there's a game within a game. So, for example, I might mark a horse 6 to 4 or $2.50. Now, out there in the marketplace, the TAB or someone else might have put up $4 for that horse. Now, if I've marked it $2.50... I don't want to put up $2.50 straight away. A, I'm being not competitive with the marketplace out there. What I will do is I'll try and bring that $4 in from those other marketplaces by making my horse maybe $3.80. Now, it's still too above the percentage that I want to be betting, but I'm bringing the market down. And conversely, uh, the TOB or someone else might put up $3 about a horse, but I've marked it $5. Well, I'm not going to go put up $5 straight away. I want the price to get to $5 Saturday come race day, but Wednesday, I might just bet a little bit over the tab. So I'm getting everybody that wants to bet on that horse, they can say, oh, sports bet's the best price there. I'm going to back that right now. They're window shopping. They want to find out where the best price is. We'll be the best price about that horse if we think it's a bigger chance. Our aim is on Wednesday afternoon, get as close as we can to the price when they jump out of the barriers on Saturday. And it's very, very hard because you've got lots, lots of variables that can happen in that time. And then you've got lots of people betting as well, which obviously influences that. But our aim Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday night is to try and get as close to the price as we can Saturday afternoon. Now we keep that price to ourselves and we bet out there in the marketplace, different numbers and we play a game within a game, but that's the aim. How many guys doing the same thing you do? 
So there's two others that do Melbourne with me. We do all Victoria and there's uh, nine of us that do all Australia. And so uh, there's not a lot of us, but what we do is we focus on our areas. So I'm just purely Victoria and there's two guys that are purely New South Wales. There's two guys that are purely Queensland. So you're just focusing on the same horses week in, week out uh, and gives you a great feel for the horses because you get to know them. Correct. Excellent. Thanks, Jules. Um, great to know how that uh, that all happens. And to our uh, our friends, the punters out there, good luck today. Let's hope uh, you um, pull Jules Valance's <laughs> pants down this afternoon and take, take it's home easy to do. all the money. <laughs> Eleven sixteen SEM, the odds couple with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Twenty six minutes to nine o'clock on the odds couple. Jules Valance and David Taggart with you this morning. Simon Marshall uh, still away uh, playing golf at some of the more <laughs> historical courses around the world in um, in Thailand and Vietnam. Uh, wonderful courses over there. Apparently they had grass for two or three years, which is a good thing. Uh, well, grass that they play golf on, anyway. And uh, we wish him uh, we wish him very well on that journey. Look forward to chatting next week about uh, how those courses were playing uh, on his trip away. Plenty of young trainers putting their hand up to um, say, "Hey, look at hey, look at me! Hey, hey, hey! I can I go all right at this caper." One of them's young Daniel Bowman down at uh, Warnable, and he's got a big say today in race seven with a horse called "Be Good to Your Mother." And we welcome Daniel to the Odds Couple here on Saturday morning. G'day, Daniel. G'day, Scoob. How you going? Yeah, I'm going all right. But where'd the name come from? Who named the horse? It's a ripping name. Be good to your mother. Yeah, uh, my brother, who he's an electrician, um, has no interest in it. But uh, he used to ask me for a tip, and I'd say, oh, I'll be good to your mother, as a joke, and laugh. And when we were struggling for a name for this horse, he happened to be at our house and said, oh, why don't you call it Be Good to Your Mother? And that's it? So that's how we got it, yeah. Okay. And so you named the horse outside of the other owners. You suggested that that was the best name for it. They all went along with it. Well, a couple of my family members and stuff were in it already. Um, and, yeah, we put it to them and they were happy with it. So, yeah, went with it. Dan, be good to your mother. This prep, absolutely sensational. Put uh, some big, big numbers together. Um, just today, obviously short price favourite. How is he going? How did he come through that run at Flemington? Obviously, these big numbers together. Is there any concern that he is over the top, or is this horse just continually progressing, continually improving? No, I'm not worried at all, Jules. He um, look, his first racing prep, he would have been in work 32 weeks. Um, just really tough horse, and probably the making of him. We gave him a really good spell after that. And and this time in, the goal was always to get to this race. After he'd been trialling up and showed how his natural improvement, um, the goal was to get through the grades the right way. Um, so after a month between runs to last start, there was always going to be a bit left in the tank to improve into this start, hopefully. So he's shown all the signs that it's, that's the case. Um, so he's just got to go and do it today. Yeah, Dan, it's David Taggart, mate. Congratulations on your career so far. It's, uh, you've hit the ground running. Um, you've drawn 10 out of 10 today. Are uh, you going to be having to ride him out of his comfort zone that little bit by having to go forward up that hill early and then sitting outside the leader or trying to dictate the uh, and get Declan to dictate the uh, the race himself? Uh, no, I don't think so, Tags. I think he's got great gate speed. You know, last start was just one of those things he 
probably tried to jump too well and sort of slipped a bit. And um, but at Sandown and Cranbourne, he jumped extremely well and found himself outside the leader within a matter of 50 to 100 metres. So he'll jump well today. There's good speed drawn inside him, so he can just follow that across. And if they want to just try and dawdle, then he can sit outside the leader or find a good spot in just the pair behind him. But I think he's probably just got the class edge over those other horses that want to race on speed. So he's able to absorb a high tempo like he did at Sandown and quicken off it. And then he's able to... uh, he's able to sprint off a slow tempo like he did last start so he's got uh, a lot of versatility so yeah look he's a he's pretty pretty good horse to be able to ride on so i don't want to mozzie here dan but if this horse sits outside the leader with what he's been doing he'll for punters out there the dollar 70 a dollar 65 is a steal this horse is a horse that can continue to progress is there any long-term aims or are you just taking it bit by bit with this horse uh the long-term goal is the Rupert Clark so he'll run today and then that'll pull him up he'll uh, go to the paddock have three weeks off and then we'll um, bring him back and he'll kick off uh, in the spring and he'll obviously have to win one early in the spring to get his rating above 90 to get in the Rupert Clark Um, but you know it depends. Some years, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a couple of low 80 Raiders got runs. Then last year, if you weren't over 95, you didn't, you weren't even an emergency. So it's sort of one of those races you're not sure until closer to the race. And Dan, a couple of runners at Bendigo, are they both still in? Yeah, uh, Sleek Achiever, first up, got good fresh record, ran into uh, Leonardo de Hinchy at Achuca, first up last prep. So that was pretty disappointing for our stable. <laughs> um, we went there confidently run well, and Johnny Allen's up there for one ride, sits three deep and just leaves them for dead. So we're pretty heartbroken there. But, um, look, he's in good order. He doesn't win often, but he'll run well. Um, and he's the bomb, finally gets a soft track and, and draws a good gate. So if he can land a bit closer over the 1,300, then um, he should run well. Good luck at both Caulfield and uh, Bendigo this afternoon. Thanks, guys. Daniel Bowman joining us there. Um, got uh, Be Good to Your Mother, race seven at uh, Caulfield today. And you heard Jules. Jules thinks uh, if he sits outside the leader, it could be race over. I, I wanted to ask Daniel then, and I, I forgot. His, um, Tags, in your experience, and, and it's it, it's massive amount of experience, the trainers, they're either jockey lovers or haters. I, I've never known them to be in the middle. Am I fair in saying that? Yeah, the trainers tend to lean to one one jock, one or two jocks. If they like them, they really support them. Uh, it's it's gelling with the trainer too. They uh, they like to know how the horse is always going to be ridden, and and a jockey will fit their mould, and uh, and they and they just stick with it. Especially if you have luck for them early, and you continue to have that. It's just like as the 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 Lou Moody Nolan scenario where. Where everything early doors just sat on and one and just uh, just listen to Peter's instructions and they as I said it's just all about gelling with that trainer. Even with those relationships, I don't think they're going to be you know, smooth all the time. There's always going Never to be a is. ripple in the pond. Yep. What's within reason? What's the best cook you've ever got getting off a horse? Mate, I've had plenty. George Hanlon was the best. I uh, I was stable jockey for Jeff Murphy. Uh, as as he come to the end of his career, uh, he he could give a pay, but yeah. George, were you still an apprentice when you were riding for Jeff Murphy? Yes. Or you were fully fledged? Yeah, no, I was an apprentice. Yeah, I was his stable jockey as wow. an apprentice, yeah. 
That was a good effort. Um, yeah, it was all right. Uh, yeah, and, and again, I, I jumped on his horse and we just gelled and I think I rode uh, half a dozen winners in, in my first 10 rides for him, including a Melbourne on trial stakes down the straight. So, uh, backwards after that. Correct. <laughs> but uh, the best one I had was at Mooney Valley. It was first up over a mile, raw, a horse called Raw Snack. He won four yeah, Maui Cups yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, I won a few on him. Didn't win a Maui Cup on him, but I did win a few races on him. And uh, he said, just it was a water for Crystal Mile. And he goes, just get this horse back and let him run on. And that's exactly what I did. And he flashed home and run, run fifth. And he, he was an eye-catching run. And I think I showed him up and George wasn't happy about it. And, and I got off it. And I was all smiles. And I go, mate, this horse is going forward. He's going to get in for a real good campaign. And he goes, you know what I think you are? I said, what? He goes, you're an imbecile. <laughs> I said, what? He goes, you're an imbecile. <laughs> right? And I just didn't know. He's come out of left field. And uh, and then he was renowned to kick jockeys in the shins too. So I just, I just quickly got unsaddled the horse and scampered off because he was in no mood to talk. And wow. I just Yeah, and I didn't have any shin guards on. So George was looking for a bet next up, was Yeah, he? I think so. And uh, <laughs> as you say, I said, I took your price about the uh, the Oaks. I think that, right, yeah, the, this, this one I uh, took his price, a oh, Royal Snack. Dear, yeah, and he, I think he ended up winning in that Maui Cup that mm. campaign as well. So, yeah, that was that was a bacon. It just came out of the field. I didn't know what what the hell he was. Well, on when about. you're pulling up on a horse, is there days you think, oh, oh, you know, you, you, you've you've had a bad ride. Yeah, you, th- those things happen oh. to you probably more often than not. <laughs> but those things happen, and and you know the trainers. You know, you, you you're on the precipice of just never speaking again. You and the train, and you know, as you're pulling up, you know, you're thinking, "Oh, what am I going to say? I'm going to cop a hell of a spray." The, the worst feeling was I dropped my hands one day at Mooney Valley. I Did came you? from last, swooped around the field at Mooney Valley, hit the front with under it to go, and you, what's going to beat me? Something, something that I passed in the straight. Got a second win, come to my outside and got me on the line, D Nicklick, and I dropped my hands. I set up for the photo. It was one of Ray uh, <laughs> uh, Jack Bazanko's. Oh. And I was white. I didn't know what to say because it's got Peter Short half fed. And uh, he was very good about it. He goes, son, I've been training here 50 years and they've never moved the winning post. <laughs> and I just did not know what to say. I was, and I was an apprentice at the time. I was claiming two and a half and, uh, and I, just, uh, I was just heartfelt and, and apologised and, I still end up riding for him if he gave me, and uh, we had a good uh, uh, we had a good connection after that. But uh, yeah, that was just yeah a sinking feeling, oh. and and then of course I was I was apprenticed to the legendary Frank King, and I had to go home. And that was probably even worse telling Frank that I'd drop my hands, because <laughs> he'd always uh, said ride him right to the line, boy. Even if there was a stride or two after the line, ride him past the post. Mm. And uh, well, this I sat up for the photo, and it was it was sacrosanct, wasn't it? Dear me. Oh. Well. Uh, great to hear. Very interesting, that takes. So we're going to take a break. Uh, plenty of interest after the break, of course. Um, we'll have a look at the best back runners. Tags is Quaddy. He's back in the hot seat this week. With Trent's Quaddy, we're going for six in a row. Yeah, it's, uh, we're, we're on fire here, the odds couple. And also, as we go to the break, don't forget to grab your AFL record this weekend. Still just $5, thanks to Karcher. Whatever the cleaning task, they have the solution. Karcher, the official 2019 partner of the AFL record. Eleven sixteen SEM, the odds couple with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Uh, welcome back, welcome back, right around the country, around the state, around the city. Uh, it's time now to win you some money, hopefully, Jules. If you can take us through the betting moves of the first uh, five races before uh, we go to Mister Taggart for his quaddie, and at this stage, you say, David, get your pens, pencils, crayons, and have your form guides be ready. 
All right, race one. Two... <laughs> two year old race market's going to be your best friend here, punters. The four Wilmot Pass, 350 into $320, and the six Brazen Brando, $5 into four. Wilmot Pass coming out of that Moey run. I expect it to be well supported. Race two, number one, Star Missile, eight fifty into seven dollars, and the eleven Tysonic. It's been probably the best go here. Ten dollars into six dollars fifty. Race three, there's only one horse here. It's just been one way traffic. It's the seven likely leader, Asgard Massive, four dollars eighty into two dollars ninety. Race four, not much action here. Number twelve, Silent Roar, five dollars into four dollars twenty, and the thirteen, Rebellious Lord. $15 into $11. Anytime there's some money for this uh, rebellious lord, it runs very well. So just keep an eye on that one, punters. Race five, the eight, William Thomas, really heavily supported. Didn't open favourite, but it is now clear-cut favourite. $4.20 into $2.80. And the four, resuming horse here, Aussie Choice, $34 into $20. We now get to the first leg of the quaddy, boys. Race six, the four, Algodon Miss, eight fifty into $6.50. And the nine, Feared Eyes, $12 into $7.50. These horses are both resuming. Yeah, I just, I can't see him winning it. This this number three propel, if he's throwing in on the weights here. Uh, it's got four kilo better on, than Bams on, on fire, who won't get an easy run today. It's going to be caught out three and four deep. I know it's only the one turn. It's going to have the last crack at him, Propel. It's 55 and a half. It's, it's just throwing in this, and that's all you need in this race. I'm not worried about anything first up. Propel will just win. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait till the next leg, buddy. He's just going to one in the first leg, one, number yeah. three. Yeah, number three. Number three, propel. one in. One that's propel. all you need. What? I'm not into taking $300 quaddies, mate. You know? Okay. We'll just, so, yeah. so, and it also gets back in the field. It's not a. It's not a. It'll get back and run on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's right. going to get past. Uh, small matter. Yeah, it's It'll going to get win. past about eleven of them. Some small matter. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah, no, gotcha. Yeah. And you've got to lose a one. You wouldn't have. Wouldn't think of you, you little seen, safety coming behind you. Never seen horse uh, Didn't Kiwi come from last when I won a Melbourne Cup? Okay, Jules, please <laughs> stop. Stop. I got a headache. Race seven. Uh, the three we had Dan on. Be good to your mother. Look, a dollar sixty-five just into a dollar sixty, but it's hard to do big movements here. It's eighty-five percent of the money has been on the favourite here. Be good to your mother. Just the one Romancer, thirty-five dollars into fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> I can understand the money with Romancer, good ATI horse, but I'm looking looking at this race, thinking it's drawn the outside. It's up in class. We've got a bit of precipitation around with with being on the slow six and. I'm, I'm just – there's nothing there to beat him. So we'll just – you've got enough ink in this pen. We just need number three in this. One leg. One, another one outer. Uh, You're not happy about this, are you? <laughs> so first it. leg, number three. Second leg, number three. Correct. Oney, oney. Jules. Right. Race eight. Only one horse here. Number four, Miss Vixen. $4.80 into $4 with another us. Another oney. Yeah, it Maybe. may be. No, no, no. Sorry, Jules, kick uh, Sorry, I just. This is a mare's race. This is he's your, gone here. He's gone. This is actually a this is a mare's race, Scoob. Well, this is, I'm actually surprised this isn't the last race. But uh, so what we'll do, just in honour of you, we'll go to the field. Oh, okay. How many is that? I'm actually not sure how many runners uh, we're going to. No, that's 10 or 11, 12, 12, 12 runners. Twelve. There we go. So 12. the court is costing twelve dollars at the moment. So 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 with the field. Yeah, we'll go to the field. Three, three in the field so far. We've got, and in the last, going well. <laughs> the nine, live and free, two dollars eighty into two dollars sixty comes down from Sydney, and the two, the wetter this track gets, the better for this horse. 
home by midnight, $12 into 10 Yeah, correct. Nothing for boom in. time. Nothing Caulfield Cup winner, boom time. It is a Caulfield Cup winner. I thought winner. he'd run all right the other day, Fleming, and he went like a busted. But anyway. Raised, raised all vision of boom time winning a Caulfield Cup. Had all the, the lowest, great ride Lowest day. moment of the Caulfield Cup history. We're talking about history of the Caulfield Cup where we were working this quaddy out, mate. Your numbers. Anyway, so the, the last <laughs> the last league, we're running out of time. A two, three, four, six, eight, nine, and ten. <laughs> On eleven sixteen SEN, the odds couple with Simon O'Donnell and Simon Marshall. Welcome back. Uh, short period of time we have left. We're going to get best around the country. We quickly go through those quaddy numbers. First leg three, second leg number three, third leg the field, fourth leg two, three, four, six, eight, nine, and ten. Eighty-four dollars for you for the whole unit. Eighty-four dollars. What's that for half? That'll be forty-two, wouldn't 42, it? Forty-two. Thank if you. You wanted to take a quarter, twenty-one. Uh, Caulfield Grammar Education has done you the world of good. Jules, your best around the country. Caulfield, race two, number 14, DeRosa. I'm going Sydney, Rose Hill, race four, number one, Passage of Time. Uh, Melbourne, um, uh, race six, number 10, Viola. Uh, against Viola. And you have a good trip. You're away for the next couple of weeks, OS, That's and enjoy your holidays. All we've got too. time for on the odds couple this morning.